Hello, it's a Sunday again. My name is Huitzemang and welcome to my podcast, The Truth About Us, a channel where you will hear about the everyday things that you know very well, but discussed in a way that puts you more in control. Our title for today is A Man, A Woman and a Child. Okay, let's start at the beginning with our forefathers and mothers, the cavemen and women. The caveman and his woman lived life together in a jungle. They moved from one place to another in search of food and water for their survival. They both collaborated on their quest for survival and were well adapted to the environment. With the passing of days, the woman begins to feel a bit heavy and found it more difficult to move about. They then found a cave where they could settle and try to understand their conditions. She is pregnant. And before long, a baby is born, and the mother and father find the experience a little bewildering, but are very happy with the implications of it. The jungle has one more of its own. Now, they need food and water. Considering the fragility of the baby and the natural connection between mother and child, they agree that the woman would stay in the cave and take care of the baby while the man goes out alone to get food water and fire for all three of them. With their changed circumstances, their daily roles and activities also begin to change. Even though they would have preferred to pursue everything together, the man and the woman, such as both going out to hunt like they did before, they cannot because of the baby. They then have to develop a complementary relationship in which each one is given primary responsibilities to address certain needs of the relationship. So, staying behind and protecting the baby against immediate threats became a measure of the woman's success in the eyes of the men, whereas the ability to bring food, water, fire to the cave became the measure of the man's success in the eyes of the woman, especially because her own responsibilities depended very much on his. After some time of performing the assigned roles, the man had learned to carry out his responsibilities outside of you know, outside in the broader jungle where he could find food, water, and firewood. And the woman as well has been carrying out hairs and, you know, in and immediately around the cave, cooking, serving the food that the man brings, making the fire, feeding the baby, and fending off snakes and other animals. This became the roles of a man and a woman respectively, because that is how they chose to complement each other to the benefit of their child. The woman interacted more with the immediate environment of the cave, whereas the men interacted more with the broader environment of the jungle out there. Their new rules caused them to develop divergent skills according to the environment in which they spent most of the time. The woman becomes particularly good with communicating with their baby and understanding its needs, and she would also share the good news of the baby's development with the man whom because of his extended absence from the cave, would not be in a position to see the little steps of the baby's development. And yet, his quest to secure a livelihood for his family would be even more motivated on realizing that his efforts were indeed bearing fruit. Communication between the woman and the man when he arrived home helped both to experience and gain a better understanding of each other's world. 
the things they each went through during the day in their separate but mutual pursuit of happiness. But however, that does not give them much knowledge of the challenges they each have to go through separately. And as a result, they are not clueless about each other's reality and it is because of this sharing of information that they could find how else to help each other in ensuring that their individual responsibilities are carried out. Now, due to the challenges in the broader environment of the jungle, on some days the men would come back home without any success and the household would suffer for that. And since this would have a negative impact on the woman's own responsibilities, she would be more determined to find ways to help him to secure the family's needs, you know, to a point of wanting to venture out herself out of the cave to help him with the hunt. Fast forward to the man and the woman of today. The cave has now turned into a house, the woman is a wife, and the man is her husband. Hunting has changed into working for money and buying groceries, household supplies, and paying the bond. The wife is still primarily responsible for the children and the household, and the husband continues to venture out to work. However, the difficulties in meeting some of the household needs due to insufficient resources led a woman to also venture out into the workplace to try to help her husband in securing the livelihood for their family. She finds a job and with that money she affords to pay someone to help with what has become a predominant responsibilities in the household. And just like with a caveman and woman, the reason why even modern parents choose to assume their complementary roles with each other is because they both acknowledge their joint responsibility towards their child and know that when each one does their part, the other is also enabled to do what they are expected to do. However, the primary challenge to the complementary role between a man and a woman came whenever the man was unable to secure the necessary provisions for the family or when the woman was unable to secure the well-being of the child. When a woman believes she's doing her part but perceives her role to be too difficult to carry out because the man is unable to provide the necessary resources, that is when she would want to also get involved in the environment that is predominantly his to try to help him out, all for the benefit of the family. Unfortunately, when the woman became involved in a man's role, the man did not in equal measure go back to take up the role of helping to raise children that the woman was leaving behind. And the complementary relationship between them became a bit hard to sustain. This was because a key aspect of the complementary relationship, the child, and the role of teaching and raising it got neglected when both the mother and the father got lost in the workplace. Their presence in the same environment, away from home, instead of it continuing to be complementary, changed to becoming more competitive. The man competed with his wife for a better salary, since he saw the provision of economic resources to his family as his primary and almost exclusive role. And in that way, he wanted not only to earn a salary, but a higher one than the woman in order for him to lead in his role as the provider. In that competition, whatever would go wrong with a child at home, the man would blame it on the woman for not being where he thinks she needs to be. 
while in return the woman blamed the man for causing her to come into the workplace in the first place for his failure to provide the necessary resources for their children. In the meantime, children grow up wondering where their parents are and they are told by their appointed guardians that their parents have gone to work to find money because only by getting money can everyone be happy and the needs of the children also would then be taken care of in that way. The children then grow up believing that they have to surrender their parents in favor of money and that money is the only way to be happy in life and a goal more important than even family. Actually, so important that both parents had to go out looking for it. And of course, when the parents return, whenever they do, they come home re and realize the deprivation that their children have suffered in their absence. The lack of a loving guidance that is necessary for a young life to establish a foundation by which to navigate the perils of an imminent adulthood. Of course, the parents have come home with the money and to make up for their absence and what may have been lost, they spend their money on their children, essentially catering for the children's physical needs while their emotional needs remain untouched. But what is a man? Who are we when we don't have money? A man tends to regard himself as a breadwinner. And very often that means he's the one who is going to get all the money or the majority of it in order to support his family. This regard for ourselves is the cause of much of our suffering in life as men, which caused men to stereotype his role with regard to raising children and his involvement in the household setup. With this rigid regard for ourselves, we became inept every time we were faced with circumstances where something more than just money is required to resolve a problem. When we define ourselves in terms of money, every time this money becomes unavailable, such as when we lose our jobs or the business goes under, we become disoriented by our perceived loss of identity and the hurt to our egos because we do not know who we are when we do not have the money and are unable to be the providers that you insist to be. And any other role that you may try to assume in that state, we cannot do well because we bring to it the hurt that comes with the belief that we have lost who we are. This perceived loss of identity and the quest to reclaim it, even by force, is at the root of what much of the domestic violence that you see in our homes is about and the gender-based violence that you see even in our workplaces, whereby even the efforts that a woman makes to try and alleviate the situation, such as getting a job, will become even more threatening to a man in a number of ways and add to the stress that may already be in the relationship. Hence, the need for a man to ever go back to finding another job, get a promotion, keep his woman from the workplace, even by all means, including resorting even to the illegal ones. All of this suffering would not be necessary if a man were to define himself in broader terms. Not in terms of situational qualities such as money, features or possessions, but in terms of the unlimited abilities of his being, his mind, in which the ability to make money is just one of the possibilities. The reason why a man becomes frustrated when he loses his source of income is because he defines himself narrowly as a money chaser and neglects the fact that his life requires far more than money and for that reason 
He is, by his nature, capable of far more as a way to restore balance to his life. A measure of confidence in a man is not in his prancing about or his bellicose voice, but in the belief that he is ever ready to embrace whatever life circumstances that may come his way. Not because he will have enough provisions for that, you know, such as savings in a bank account, but because he believes in his ability to understand any situation once he's close enough to see what it is and to then know what he needs to do based on what is presented to him. A man's confidence needs to be in his mind, in the fact that it is ever available regardless of all else that may be absent. The mind is the most important aspect of our humanity which directs even the movements and actions of our bodies and to develop it is the only way to prepare for any possible eventuality in life. Our needs in life are endless and each one has a better way for meeting it. For that reason, we need to develop the mind that we have always suppressed when we regarded ourselves as mere money chasers, where we thought every solution in our lives requires this money. For our relationships to remain meaningful and sustainable, we need to develop the creativity required to create the options that we need by which to be and to make happy. When we are in a relationship only for the sake of money and fail to find more other reasons that make it worthwhile, its existence becomes threatened whenever the money becomes unavailable and a relationship can only remain happy for as long as there is money. Only when we are mindful of the purpose of happiness in our relationships are we able to realize that there are just many possibilities of attaining this happiness even beyond what money can make available. The key to human happiness is in understanding that we are all bodies with minds and that in that relationship, the mind is the primary reality that determines how we experience things and the meanings we give to them. This is how we become emotional and may even act on the basis of that emotion, even when it is just a feeling in us. The more we get too focused on the physical ways of relating, the more we ignore the emotional aspects in our relationships, and before long, we lose their purpose and meaning. The same way that you could buy someone a gift because it's expensive, even though it may not address the more urgent needs of that person for whom we are buying it. Why? Because when we bought it, we thought more about its price and maybe how to impress other people with the things we can afford, instead of the needs of the person for whom we are buying the gift. Any goal that we ever set for ourselves, whether the pursuit of money to learn a skill or a sport, teaches us how to think and behave in accord with it. In that way, the way we think and behave when you aspire for money would be different to when we want to sustain a loving relationship. To sustain our relationships, we have to be willing to learn how to relate, and we can only relate meaningfully with others through our minds, as meaning in the mind, instead of just with physical things. Marriage, just like with all other activities, thrives with creativity. You will live with the same person, hopefully for the rest of your life, and possibly in the same house, and you will have a certain number of children who will keep coming back home from wherever they had gone to during the day, every day. You will have the same woman involved in almost every aspect of your life. Essentially, many things will remain the same with much of your life. However, sameness creates monotony and boredom. 
Both are signs of lack of creativity where we would rather settle for the little happiness that is available than make the effort to continue creating more. Unless if we compensate for sameness in one area by being more creative in others, we run the risk of depleting the happiness that comes with whatever we are doing and before long, it no longer fulfills us. This is the same in our relationship. The reason why we could stay in the same relationship for a very long time with another person or stay in the same house, a place, or want the same things every day is all due to the fact that we continue to change other things for that relationship to remain the same. We learn new abilities to do things we never could do before. We change our clothes and hairstyles. We paint the walls a different color and eat various meals at different places around the house or the backyard, among others. The happiness that comes with this variety makes us continue to experience each other or our house and environment differently. And the more we do, the more we want to continue to be together or being in that same place. By developing the creativity to find happiness in a variety of ways, we create a relationship environment in which any form of unhappiness that sets in may be made up for by the many other ways of being happy that are available. Even more, we learn to think and to explore the various perspectives of a relationship, something that allows us to find even more novel and sustainable solutions to our problems. To create this variety of experiences, we need to use our imaginations instead of resorting to money. Money limits us to the physical ways of expressing affection, as well as limits our relationships to the availability of it. The imagination, on the other hand, places no limit to how we could use the different aspects of our environment to create happiness, especially in how it can give meaning to things and even transmute how we experience them. The call for equality of a man and a woman is a call to the man to believe that he also has the ability to adjust to any reality that is beyond the one that he has structured and defined for himself that he can offer more than just what he has identified himself to be. Maybe the best example of change that a modern man has is a modern woman. She is born with a first name and a last name and grows with them, ever knowing that should she get married, she would have to change her name to someone else's, get uprooted from the familiar place that she knows and move somewhere else to start a new life with the people who speak a language that she could hardly understand and yet would have to learn. And with the power that society, the law and religion continue to give to her husband, even in her marriage, she may not have the influence she needs to steer her life towards her happiness, but to embrace all that her husband embraces and make peace with her new way of life. With such abilities to adapt to change, life ceases to be shocking because we expect it to be shocking and adapt that attitude. A man can take care of his woman and children's emotional and physical needs without much need for money or power if he could realize that a woman and children, just like himself, are in pursuit of happiness in life. The greatest gift a man could give is to help them to find this happiness in however they define it to be. When he knows this, he would realize that there are more ways of making happy and money is just one of them, but not the only one. He would cease to identify himself more with money, but instead, with the unlimited potential of his imagination and their limited possibilities to be and to make happy, 
in your relationship with a woman, just know that the primary reason she's in a relationship with you is that she wants to be happy. And she wants to achieve that happiness with you. Use money to make her happy if you have it. But beyond that, find ever more ways to love your spouse. Know that just like you, her happiness comes from the things that are very special to her, starting with you as the person closest to her. And help her to take care of those things as a way of sustaining the happiness she derives from them, by loving what she loves as she loves what you love. Be her friend. Talk to her. Listen to her. Let her share her burdens in life with you and let her know that there's only one purpose for your presence in her life and that is to make her happy, to encourage her, to make her believe in herself as a self-sustaining and fully able human being who has so much to choose from but still chooses you because you continue to be relevant to every aspect of her life. More than everything else, Regard her as your equal in every aspect and the two of you shall put in the necessary effort to create your happiness and then enjoy the rewards of your success together. I know we all grow believing in what society says about a man being a head of the family or a boss in a relationship, but I'm telling you today, take that woman as your equal. Be the leader in teaching her how to share by being the example of that sharing. The role that our forefathers played before us, that of defining society and being providers, are now performed by women as well. There are no rules for women and men, since woman continues to prove that she can do what we previously thought only men can do. The only exclusive rules are those that are accorded to us by nature, of a woman as a female and a man as a male both of which are complementary and require that we ever find more other ways of complementing instead of competing with each other. Society lost its way when men and women began to compete for their children instead of complementing each other and cooperating for their benefit. And the ability of the man to take up a different role that is complementary to his woman will begin to ensure that children become the primary focus of the relationship again and to teach them that shared happiness is the true value of life, while everything else is just a means to achieve it. I wrote the topic for today thinking more about the man and his need to redefine who he is, based on the needs of our time. However, I direct this message equally to a woman. In a relationship of equals, the commitment, the efforts, and the enjoyment of its benefits are all shared with each other, and it is only when each partner realizes that a relationship is only as good as the joint efforts of those involved in it, that the efforts of one would then complement the efforts of another in the quest for love and peace to prevail. Please like and subscribe and send me any comments you may have regarding anything that you hear on this podcast or that you read on my website and on my blog. For copies of my book, We are God, the power is within us. Please go to my website, onepp.xyz. That is O-N-E-P-P-P.xyz. Or maybe find it on Amazon.com. With that, I thank you. And until next Sunday, in the meantime, have yourself a great week. Thank you and goodbye.